All right, welcome back to another edition of the Spectrum Dad Podcast. As always, I am your host, Fred Marvel. Today, I am joined by Allison of TileckTeaches.com. Allison, how's it going? I am good. How's it going over there? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, the reason we have I'm having Allison on today is uh, I came across a blog post of hers on her website that uh, really hit home because uh, Alex's school is going back to virtual, all virtual, beginning December 1st. So her blog post dealt with uh, tips and strategies on how to um, get through, you know, get through your kid's day, deal with uh, extra screen time with being on their computers or their iPads, and just how to make virtual uh, school as successful as possible. So, um, Allison, real quick, though, do you want to start with the idea you have you had behind your website and everything? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, So I've actually been in the education field for over a decade now um, and had a couple of different positions. Currently, uh, I'm running a preschool program in New York City. And just like you not our specific program, but the public schools did just confirm that they will also be going into virtual learning. Right. Um, but before that, I was I actually worked as um, a special therapist. I worked as a learning instructionist, uh, kind of ran the gamut from special ed to general ed and then upper management, uh, which is where I am right now. But what I found in that position where I am is that parents are looking for a lot of support that I just don't feel is coming their way. And because I've had different positions in the field, I've been able to interact with parents from every single kind of gamut there and understand that a lot of people still need a lot of support. And unfortunately, sometimes the system isn't set up or just doesn't have the ability to do that. And so that was kind of the premise behind starting TileyTeaches.com is where I have all this information I really want to share and I want to get it out there because I want to be able to help the parents who could in turn help their children, right? And so make it a little bit easier that way. So I started TileyTeaches.com that basically runs everything from uh, talking about potty training and how to deal with sibling relationships to, you know, right now we're talking about virtual learning and what are some strategies that we can do to help our kids with that, but also how to do it by supporting the parents because I'm not in everyone's house, right? But I can do it online, then hopefully I can reach a couple parents that way. These are the strategies that the parent can implement and in turn hope a little bit more of a successful opportunity with their kid. Yeah, uh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. I found you on Instagram, and then your most recent blog post, it really hit home just because of the timing with everything. Yeah. Um, we started, Alex's school started virtual, and then he went back into school uh, four days a week beginning in um, the beginning of this month of November. And because we're in Philadelphia, there's a uh, huge increase in the amount of coronavirus cases in Philadelphia. They decided to go virtual. Hopefully by the time they get back from Christmas break, everything will be, you know, a little more calmed down and that he can get back in school because um, I'm sure you know that 
in person teaching uh, works best. At least yeah, in my and I agree a hundred percent. And I can say that honestly from the side of someone who's looking how these kids are responding to it, and also yeah. from the teacher side, I can tell you. And I've I've listened to your podcast previously too, and I know like everyone is supporting the teachers, and we are doing everything that we can. When we first right. went into quarantine in March, we launched our online program for the preschoolers within a week, and we were online doing virtual learning with twos, threes, and four year olds for five months. Wow! And it was excruciatingly painful <laughs> on both sides, on both sides. So, as much as you know, we want to make sure that the kids are learning. Yeah. The teachers understand it is a hundred percent not the same instruction. Especially, you have to think about this. Isn't just general ed. This isn't just a specific age group, right? Let's say yeah. if you're in high school and you're sixteen, seventeen, you're able to regulate a little bit better. Take a general ed two year old. It's not happening. Oh, I know. Take any who's receiving any kind of services it's just not happening yeah now i have we have a i have a typical uh second grader and like uh, i've told his teacher a few times now that she's an absolute saint because i feel like half the time you know she's telling kids look at the camera turn your camera on stop you know we're not supposed to be yeah. dancing around while we're you know while we're you know in class and then trying to uh coach there's about 20 kids in his second grade class between going I from did. Zoom to the apps they're using to do some of their work on. It, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, she's got the patience of a saint. It's extremely involved on both ends. But again, then on the parent side, yeah. we do very heavily rely on that parent's support to have their child sit there, right. to even, even just sit. Because like you said, your son's teacher is trying to get them to look at the screen. Every single uh, teacher is trying to get that to happen with every single student. Yeah. And if you have 20 kids, it's, it's quite an immense undertaking. <laughs> So uh, let's let's get into it. I mean, obviously, with virtual learning comes more screen time. And, yes. you know, kids today, I know Alex is a big time video game head. So uh, he's in front of in front of some kind of screen a lot of a lot of his day anyway. Um, try and uh, let's start with like, how do we we're going from in-person school to virtual school? Like, what are some strategies just to implement that new schedule of, you know, we're at home, but we still have to log on to the computer, or log on to the iPad to, you know, to start school every day? Sure. Um, so the first thing that I want to talk about, like you said, is kind of handling a schedule that the child will understand. Now, anytime you're going to put in a new boundary, and this will be a boundary because we all know that screen time can be a little bit rough. You know, it's not the most positive of means for us to be on all the time, but at the moment, it's what we have, right? So we need to try and have kids understand that there has to be a healthy balance between dealing with school on screen and then also having their free time. Just because all of a sudden school is on screen now does not mean that that should be taking away from their free time. And that needs to be discussed because if you go into a new situation where the child is already unfamiliar with what's going to happen, yeah. unfamiliar with the expectations, and then we automatically think and assume that they're going to fall into place, absolutely not. These are kids. Yeah. They're not going to do it. And then on top of that, if you pull away one of their, at the moment, most 
things that they very much like to do. Let's say it doesn't even have to be video games. It could be TV. For some kids, it could be the phone or the iPad, maybe a game on their iPad, right? As parents and teachers, we try to limit that. We can't anymore at the, at the time being because of Corona and everything that's going on. Yeah. But again, it still would not be fair to them if we completely em eliminated their free time and only did school. And you're going to see a huge amount of pushback there. It's a new boundary. And, tech, and honestly, just the boundary is unfair to them. It's not their fault that screen time or that school has to be uh, on screen right now. So the first thing that I would do is have a conversation with your child. And it honestly does not matter how old your child is. What matters is the language that you use. So make sure that you're using language that's developmentally appropriate for your kid. So if you're speaking with a two or three year old, you know, you're going to make sure that your phrases are going to be two, three or four word phrases. But you're going to get your message across. Obviously, if your child's a little bit older, they're in second or third grade, then you can just have a regular conversation with them. Yeah. But have a conversation, open that discussion up and say, we're going to do a new schedule for school and for TV. But you want to kind of push towards we still want to make sure you get that TV time or we still want to make sure you get that video game time, but we still have to balance it with school. If you word it that way, they're going to see that you're kind of on their side with regards to boundaries and limitations, that you're not just taking everything away. Right. You're working towards both, but you have to have that discussion. It's not a lecture. It's not, I'm telling you that this is going to happen. Open it up. Talk about it answer any kind of questions that they have and make sure that there's a healthy balance between both. Absolutely. Now, like how about like breaks during the day? Because it, it, at least in our situation, their school runs from eight 30 in the morning to around two, two 30 in the afternoon. So that's, you know, around, you know, close to five, six hours just in front of the screen doing schoolwork. Uh, I think, I think it's important to build up some kind of breaks in between, uh, you know, so you're not just sitting there for, you know, for the entire time, some, some type of movement breaks just to get your body moving, you know, take a break from sitting there constantly and having to pay attention and, you know. I completely agree 100%. And this honestly take screen time away. This has nothing to do with screen time. Let's say you're working for six hours. Yeah. Us as adults need to go and have lunch. Us as adults need to go and use the bathroom. We need to go for a walk. No one, it doesn't matter if it's screen, school, what have you, should be sitting there for six hours a day, head down and focused. You're going to cause some kind of mental exhaustion, stress. It's not going to yield the results that you want. So movement breaks should be put in there 100% screen time or no screen time. Let's say that you're just homeschooling. You should still have those breaks in there. Now, what I very, very strongly recommend is that one of the easiest things that you can do, which again, will take some of the onus off of you and put it back on the school, is implement your child's school schedule at home. Now, what that means is that if your child is usually in school from 8.30 to 2.30, then when we're at home, we're going to have school from 8.30 to 2.30. That way, they hit all their class periods. They work on their assignments when they're supposed to. They're not working on them at like 9 at night. Right. They're still having their, their within, within those hours from 8.30 to 2.30. But if you think about it, if you do that, your child already has these breaks worked into their day in in-person classes. So there's no reason that that should be missing out for at home on screen time schedules. So let's say you have a child uh, who's working and we need to have a snack break. I know that we do this uh, at, my, at my program as well. 
snack is at 1030. It always has been in school. Then snack is at 1030 at home as well. And it's for half hour. It's not just because my child finished their crackers or their yogurt within 10 minutes. We jump right back into it. No, if snack is for half hour in school, then snack is for half hour at home. And in addition, you also want to make sure that you give them enough of that movement break, right? Because let's say 10 minutes, that might not be enough. Yeah. And if you push them right back into it, again, that academic endurance, it's really tiring. And so you need to make sure you give them an adequate break. The next is going to be uh, lunch and recess. There's a reason kids have lunch and recess at school. <laughs> it's not just sitting there and eating lunch for 10 minutes. It's you know, conversing, socializing, having a meal together, and then running around for another 45 before we come back and do a little bit of more schoolwork before finishing the day. Just as adults do, kids need those breaks. They need to be able to focus. They need to be able to recharge. And they also don't want to feel that the parents are pushing them into this much more strenuous schedule, whereas now they have no breaks because that's never happened to them before. You need to schedule those movement breaks in there. Definitely. Yeah. And one thing, uh, at least in our house, we uh, implemented in the springtime when everything went virtual was a visual schedule Yes, so that they could see every day, you know, here's what I need to, here's what I need to do in the morning. You know, um, here's what I need to do in the afternoon. Here's what needs to, and it, this was just throughout the, it wasn't just for school. It was, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but here's what I need to do after dinner and before bed and things like that. And that, that was a huge help because at least in our situation at first, when everything shut down, you know, for a couple of weeks, all they had was worksheets and it was voluntary. There was absolutely no structure, but then after a couple of weeks, then, you know, then they started with actual virtual school where they having to watch videos and interact with their classmates and their teachers and everything. So that was a hard uh, transition from going from basically nothing, basically free time to, all right, now we're, you know, back in school in a completely uh, different environment. I completely agree. I think the use of visual aids, regardless of age, is a huge, huge help and tool. Um, if you think about it, like I said, even if you adapt the same schedule at home, right. the boundaries between school and home are different. So the way that a child behaves in school might be a little bit more put together. They're falling into line. They're following their yeah. friends. When the child is home, and I, and I communicate this to all parents, <laughs> how they respond behaviorally for mom and dad is never going to be as tight as they are in school. It's just not. And so when you transition your school day to home, they're still going with their home boundaries, which means they want to be relaxed. They want to eat in the couch and watch TV when they should be actually on school. But they haven't learned this new schedule. They haven't learned how, like you said, uh, to transition from school at school and then school at home by the by using a visual aid like you mentioned it gives them the visual rundown of their day it provides them with the visual framework and right. it, it very easily helps them fall in line into what to expect next now the other thing with schools is that when your child is there yes they they might have a visual schedule if they're in the younger classes, but even when they get to the older grades, they still have a bell that kind of signals the transition of the next period. We don't have that at home, right? right. We don't have a bell that's going off every 45 minutes that says, I'm going to go to this class next, or I have lunch next, or something like that. You could instill a timer. That's also another option, but the use of a visual aid is going to be 
the strongest tool and the quickest for any student to understand what's going to come next in their day, which will help with that transition eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was physical supports. Because, mm. uh, my oldest son being on the spectrum has uh, in school, he's got his uh, different things to keep him, help him to maintain his focus, his little, his little fidgets. Mm -hmm. He's uh, sat on uh, uh, medicine balls instead of, instead of a regular desk chair. So those, that's other things that we've done. You know, we got a medicine ball, so he, if he, if he needed it, he could sit on that while he's, while he's uh, doing his work. And, you know, every day he's got his little basket of fidgets and stress balls and things like that, right at, right at his desk where his, uh, where his computer is. Mm -hmm. I, so, I, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Um, uh, physical supports are going to be huge right now. And they're, they're just huge for anyone who's, I want to say under 15, you're going to need the physical support. It doesn't matter if you're getting services or not. It just, it just doesn't, you don't have the self-regulation to pull yourself away from looking at a noise that happens or to refocus yourself if someone in your house goes to the bathroom and you see them walk by you. They just don't right. have that self-regulation yet. Why? Because they're very young. <laughs> they're still forming it, right? So that physical support is there to help them refocus, to help them continue on with their work, but then also if they have a question to get through that instructional support so that they can actually get to the end of the assignment. Because let's say a child has a question and they are in their Zoom class, but then it's the end of the period, the teacher signs off and your child's question wasn't answered. They don't know what to do on their work, right? And so again, this is why I'm, I'm also saying as much as the teachers are working and they are working their butts off, it's not the same as in-person instruction because that physical support to help keep them focused is not there. That instructional in-person support to help with them with the instruction and get their assignments done just isn't there. And what I've um, spoken about on the blog is that there's kind of ways around it and ways that we've seen uh, in New York City as well, but it does have to rely heavily on the means of the family and the parents and what you guys can kind of situate. So if we have, let's say a stay at home mom, fantastic and she has the time or stay at home dad and they have the time to sit with their child during these periods and work with them, that would probably be the best thing that you can do. But then the other thing to consider is just because your mom or your parent or your dad is staying at home doesn't mean that they're going to have the ability to get through any of the Zoom protocol link or assignments any easier because this is a new platform for everyone. We are all learning together, right? So maybe we can teach our child addition and subtraction, but how about uploading it online? Right? Let's <laughs> say a link doesn't work, which happens every single day. Yep, yep, <laughs> not yep. there. The other thing um, that parents have done as well, and this is, I'm not sure if I've heard about this in other cities, I'm sure they're doing it, um, is that they've been creating kind of like pods, which is basically um, a group of five to seven children that would be moving around the different families' apartments on different days of the week, and they would hire a private tutor that would literally just help these five or seven children every single day get through the assignments online. Now, that's in-person support. Yeah, that's not just that's not just a New York thing. I mean, they I've I've seen those I've seen those popping up more and more. Yeah. 
and and it, and it makes sense too, especially like if you have two parents that have to work, like they're not uh, in my position where I can work from home. So if either of the boys, you know, need something during the day, then I'm, you know, right there to help them out or answer a question. But so I, you know, I, I have seen a lot of those pods creeping up more and more. Yeah. I mean, parents are just trying to make it work as best they can, because even if let's say we have two parents who are working from home, you guys are still working. <laughs> you still have jobs and you still have your own schedule. So let's say uh, your son's Wi-Fi goes out. That still pulls you away from your other responsibilities work-wise. Right. You get that up. You know, I had I had a parent come to us when this was all first happening and was kind of just, they were venting and I felt so bad. There was nothing else we could do except for listen to them because the way that the system was working uh, in the city is that it would just wasn't as organized as, as it should have been. And so they were changing the instructions on the parents all the time. So even for parents who were working to get an entirely new set of instructions, an entirely new schedule each morning is just overwhelming and it wasn't conducive to any kind of schooling. Yeah. It sounds like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is there, is there anything else I'm forgetting or, um, uh, that, would help, that would help parents uh, dealing with all this extra screen time for their kids? I think, yeah. So I would mention two more strategies. The okay. first kind of falls in line with making sure that they have a schedule, right? That they fall, again, take the onus off of you parents, put it on the school and just adapt that schedule. That way, if the child has a little bit of pushback, you can say, listen, it's not my schedule. This is your school schedule, right? So that helps yeah. a little bit there. But a part of that would be to make sure that you guys have an assignment deadline, meaning your school assignment should be done either at the end of the school day, or school day at 2.30, or perhaps you want to do a little bit later, 3.30 or 4, right? But if you have that deadline there, just as like you have that boundary put in for the screen time, your child isn't going to try and push and push and push a little bit further so you can avoid the late evening fight if something isn't done. Put that boundary in there in the beginning, talk about it, and use it as a reinforcer to remind them, as soon as four o'clock hits, if all your assignments are done, we have free time for the entire rest of the day. It takes yeah. away from any kind of unfortunate conversation about missing an assignment or missing homework. Um, and then the last strategy that I would recommend, and this isn't even really a strategy, it's more so just making sure that you are listening and talking with your kids, is getting them psyched at the beginning of every single day and talking to them and reflecting with them about their day at the end of the day. So again, remote learning is hard. It's hard for us as adults. It's hard for the kids even more because their grasp and understanding of what's going on is just not on the same level. So if you can actually get them excited for the day, give them a couple reinforcers to look forward through in the middle of their school day. And then at the end of it, even if they have a hard day, highlight the positive things that they did because they are having a hard time every single day. Even if they're stellar, if they're 100% focused, they got 100% of their work done, they're exhausted. They still want to hear that support from you. So give those messages in the morning and give those messages at the end of the day every day. Absolutely. Well, I want to I want to thank you for this. This has been really helpful, and I'm glad we were able to do this uh, this week with so many school districts around the area uh, going all virtual. I think this is a unfortunate but perfect time i'm i'm so glad i hope that these strategies will help um i'm actually going to be chatting about socialization next i believe so awesome. those will be next <laughs>
All right, perfect. Thank you so much for your Absolutely. time. All right, talk to you later. All right, yeah, that was great. That was perfect. Thank you so much for doing Please, this. no worries. It was, it's, it's really awesome just to get the information out there. And the number one thing I kind of want to tell parents is that a lot of the strategies I chat about, are, they're not specific. Yeah. They're, they're not situational. Like you can take any, anything and kind of adapt them as you see fit, right? So technically mm -hmm. right now we're talking about remote learning, but you, we can use similar strategies for anything else too. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. But yeah, this is great. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Have a good day, Fred. All right. Bye. You too. Here is your final Thanksgiving dad joke of the week since Thanksgiving is coming up this Thursday. What? Who doesn't eat on Thanksgiving? A turkey because it is always stuffed. I'll talk to you guys next week. We've got a great episode coming up. If you want to connect with me, I am on Instagram at the Spectrum Dad Pod. So feel free to shoot me a message, ask me a question. If you want to come on and be on the show, I'd be more than happy to have you. So I will talk to you guys later. Bye.